Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So let's just jump into the message. Today is week two of my series, uh, or at least a two-week series on Vision Sunday. So Vision Sunday was last week, and Vision Sunday is this week. And I've kind of deemed it finishing the task. Finishing the task. Last week, I kind of talked about how you need vision, both as an individual and as a community. So I'll be talking about both here today. And I talked about how vision, without vision, people will perish or you'll stumble a lot. You'll stumble around without a vision, without a a kind of, because vision gives you purpose. It gives you clarity. It gives you a a reason for, for being. And I talked about how in your vision, if it's a godly vision, it will take supernatural power to fulfill. As a matter of fact, you can't give God, you can't really display God unless you do something outside of your ability. It's kind of impossible to do so. I think I got a return message from the person that I, that I wrote. Oh, isn't that nice? Yes, I'm loved too. Anyways, <laughs> praise God, you know. Um, so, you know, we need to have vision, and, and, and as individuals, we need to have vision, and as a, uh, a body, as a, as a jama'at, as a community here at ICC IFGF, we need to have a vision. And every now and then you come across uh, uh, verses that just like speak straight right to you. And uh, so let me read out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It says, uh, you know, because what has God called us to finish? Well, here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing so. Now finish. Now you should finish what you have started. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait on that. So what is, you know, what has God called us to finish? Now, some things we actually started last year. Um, we've actually been in this building for one year now. A little bit over one year, but maybe one year and one month or two months. And, uh, you know, there's a work to be finished. Uh, and I'll explain that in a minute. But the first thing that God has called us to do, something so important, and that is God has called us, and, 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 and this is the work that we must continue to do, is to be outward focused. Number one thing is to be outward focused. Our mission here at ICCIFGF is people setting people free. I love setting people free. You know, some of these kids that are dancing, they haven't got bound yet. You know, they're free. They haven't even figured out how to get bound. But before they know it, they're probably going to have some things they have to be set free from. And so we love to set people free. That is our focus. And what happens in in, in churches, in, in community, church communities, what happens is you start out outward focused, but then you tend to turn inward. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like, you know, uh, what happens with some, some places is like, so they start out and then they have, you know, a men's, uh, uh, men's group and then women's group, then prayer group, then this group, then that group, then this group, then that group. And pretty soon you're going every day, every night to something with uh, all these Christians. And you miss the very reason you exist. There are so many people, and it's one of the reasons why I came to Indonesia, because 
I like to go where there's a lot of fish. And there's a whole lot of fish out here, outside here who will spend eternity without God. I don't know if that does anything to you, but it does it to me. I was, when I was in college, I had you know, uh, just, just beginning to be a Christian and, and follow Jesus. I remember, of course, when you're in the library in college, uh, if you're a good person, you're studying. But if you're like me, you always go to the social sections of the library so that you kind of study, but you really talk more than you study. Huh? That's kind of how I was in college. And, but I remember I was there, and I don't know why, but I decided to kind of like just pray, and I, I just closed my eyes, and I just kind of just was thinking of God, and then I opened my eyes, and God gave me a vision. And I saw all these people around me, walking around, studying, sitting there, and I saw skeletons. God said, they're all, they're all walking dead. They don't know me. I want them. I love them. I want them to be with me for eternity. So we have to, we, as a, as a body, as a community, as a people, we have to remain outward focused. And what that means is we have to remember the reason for our being is to set people free. Have you set someone free lately? Have you seen them realize that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he rose from the dead and he forgave all their sins and they are released from that? Have you, if you have not experienced that, it's better than the best movie you could ever see. It's definitely better than the Joker movie that just came out. Way better. It's more exciting. It's more fun just to see someone who has burdens and the burdens are lifted. Nothing better. We must stay outward focused. And before I continue uh, on to the next thing, is I want to, I'll just do it. You know, there's a story. I I like this story. If you were invited to uh, uh, the king's house for dinner, like the king, now he's the one you're there for, right? He's the king. And he brings you into the dining room and, and he sits you down and you have the feast of all feasts. You have such a great meal. It's an amazing meal. Sometimes the king will, at the end of the meal, will say, you know, that chef, he did such a good job. We should thank him for this meal. And then everyone would go like this, right? Right? And even though you're here to give glory to the king, every now and then the king Thanks the, the cook, right? Before we go on, I think we need to thank the worship team for serving up such a wonderful meal, yeah? And there's one person I, I just want to thank uh, because she has kept us very outward in our focus, and that is Pastor Jessica. She has done some amazing things outside uh, with our community joining in partnership. We call it the special ops team because they do special ops. And if you want to do special ops, you want to hang with them. You know, that's why, sis, I just wanted you to, you know, get connected with her because you do some special ops and we want to do special ops with you. Yes, we do. Because we know that it's time to go fishing. We want to go outside, go fishing. Amen. So let's stay outward focused, okay? The second thing, obviously, is that God really, I believe, is calling us to a culture of prayer. Now, what I mean by that, it is my 
desire, and I've already declared it, and I will start in February, to fast and pray that you begin to pray for people without being asked. Like that your mind is just to pray for people. Like we assign people to pray, but this go, my, when you have a vision, you know, you know when it's complete. And I know when my, this vision will be complete. It'll be a time where Pastor Jessica or me, we come up and we get ready to speak and we look out and everyone is walking around praying for everyone. And we can't preach yet. We have to wait because everyone is getting prayed for. Why are you waiting? Why do you sit and wait? My prayer, do you have the power of God in you? Then what are you waiting for? We were in uh, a place, uh, uh, I won't say where, and uh, these people needed prayer, and this couple came in, and this one lady, she, the, the couple, they were kind of, they had a spirit in them, let's just say it that way, and uh, so the fun began. And they began to manifest, and so we prayed for the woman, and uh, God delivered her. And I asked her, I said, would you like the light of Jesus to come in you? And she said, yes. And she prayed and asked Jesus to come in her heart. I watched it transform right in front of me. It was the most amazing thing. And I looked at her, I said, you have the power of God in you. She said, yeah, I feel it. I said, okay, you pray for your husband and cast a demon out of him. Because I can't do that. I said, why not? So She reached over. And he got delivered. And I walked her around. I began to have her pray for people. And backs got healed. And deaf ears got healed. You don't need knowledge. You need power. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's time that we begin to pray for one another. And watch what God will do when we are obedient to pray. Get in the habit as soon as someone says, I'm not feeling well. To lay your hand on them. And pray for them. Oh, the day will be when I walk out and everybody's sitting there and the coffees are all getting cold and everybody's praying for everybody. That's what I want. That's my desire. That's what I'm praying for. And then the third thing is that we finish and make this place a training center for all people. I shared last week how the prophecies have come about and it's been quite amazing what's happening. We will be starting a school of ministry here. We have now Ravi Zachariah Ministries coming. We have CBSI here. We will have other ministries here who will be training. I want people being sent out. All We can change the world here. I believe this with all my heart. We have people from all around the world coming. Why don't we fire them up and send them back? Can I get an amen? And so last year, you know, it, I don't know if you've been here for a year. We, we, we didn't finish our fundraising uh, adventure. <laughs> uh, we didn't finish it. And so this year, God has called us to finish it. Now, for those who don't know the history, last year we finished, uh, well, we didn't finish, but we stopped uh, the fundraising for this building. And I, I, me, Jessica and myself and the leaders, we said, you know what? We can't keep, we can't keep pushing you. There's only so much we can push. We have to rest. And so we stopped and we still owed 3 billion to this building, 3 billion rupiah to this building. And if you notice, if you've been here, we haven't talked at all about the money for this building. I haven't, I said, I will not talk about it. As a matter of fact, in March of last year, we stopped taking offerings. God said, stop. So we did. And then the leaders kept talking to God and saying, God, okay, we're resting, but we need some help. 
And God has now granted us two years to pay off the, the $3 billion. Now, let me ask you a question. When I talk about fundraising, what do you do? Do you fold your arms like this or do you clap? Which one? Which one? See, I know, you lo- I know that those have been here. You love this place and I know that you've invested. What you love, you will invest in, you know? And so I'm really thankful. I, I, I have actually been a bit nervous about this, this, uh, this adventure because, like, I am so confident that this will happen that I wonder if I have faith. I don't know how to explain it. But I am just so full of faith that this is going to be like nothing. Now, I think God will make it as something, so I pray more. But, uh, you know, I just really believe that this is going to happen. And I've been praying. I'm praying for the, the one person or the several one people, certain people. I'm praying for them. That will, they, I know there's going to be people who give like 200 juta. I know they will. There's no doubt in my mind that they will be. I'm praying for them, and I believe it will happen. But I'm also praying for people to give one juta. And I'm looking forward to them because I believe that to God, sometimes the one juta is as much as the 200 juta. Because God's not asking us for equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And when it's equal sacrifice, it's all the same, whether it's 200 or it's one. And I believe that we're going to do this in one year, not two. God's giving us two years, but I believe it's going to happen in one year. I'm going to say one more thing I believe, and that is I actually believe that there's going to be overflow. The leaders, just so you know, I just want to be honest with you because I like to talk straight and I'll I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm talking a little bit too much on this stuff, but whatever. The leaders have already said that in this fundraising, we will put aside money that will just be for helping people. We won't give it to the building. We will put it aside and we are going to help people because the Bible is clear when you, it says in the Old Testament, when you farm the land. Leave some on the side to help those in need. So we will put aside. So I believe God's going to give us so much that we can help people, that we pay the building off, that we keep going because we want to turn this into a training center for the world. And so we want it, that will keep us outward focused. Can I get an amen? I bet. All right. I talked a lot about that, but life is rough. Now to finish the task, it's not what, it's how. To finish the task, We must become mature. IFGF is 11 years old coming this April, and ICC is 10 10 years old becoming. And the Bible's clear. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put my childhood, childhood behind me. I put my childish things away. And there's a point at which in people's lives where it's time to become mature. Men, actually, I'm going I'm to add one thing to becoming whole or become whole month. I, I haven't figured out where yet. Forgive me. I know that these guys are all going, what? I'm going to add something. I'm going to teach it. And that is men. Uh, let me just speak to the men for a second. I don't know about you, but I believe this is what happens in every male's life. There's a point in your life where you come and you face the truth. And what I mean by that, and I'll, I'll talk a little more about truth in a second. But you come and you come to the place where you have to hold up to your responsibilities. You have to look at yourself and you realize that you are 
incapable of everything. That you actually, not like, you know, you can't do everything. That you're, you have weaknesses. You have, uh, you have difficulties. And, 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 and you're afraid for anybody to know these things. And you have to face the truth that, you know what? It's time for me to be a man. And to live up to what God has called me to. To what my wife is saying I should be. To my responsibilities around me. And it will crush you and you will die to yourself and you will begin to become a man. And I will say to you, any man that does not face that, that does not look it straight in the eye and change, will be a boy for the rest of their lives. And I'll let the women say amen to this. How many times have you met boys who are my age? There's a time. And a lot of times, you know, when we, well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold on that. I'll get to that truth in a minute. So it's time that we as a person and as a people become mature and become adults. And in this verse, so, so how? What's the, what's the pathway to maturity, to becoming mature? It's out of this verse in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by every cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. See, as an infant, as someone who's an infant, you just get tossed all over the place. You just you just go all over the place. You you have no clue, you know. Uh, your daughter, I love your daughter, but I mean, she's all over the place. She, she comes, she decides to be up here and two seconds later, she wants to be back here. And you know, that's what kids do. They, they're, they're not steady and they get blown around. But then he tells us how to become mature. He says, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him. Who is the head that is Christ from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and becomes it grows and, and builds itself up in love as each one does its part. Now, there's a few things in here that I want to talk about. And the, the first thing in becoming mature is truth. Speaking the truth in love. This is one of the reasons why, honestly, you know, I don't like fanfare. I don't like all the, 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 the promotion stuff about fundraising. You know what? We need the money. Period. Discussion over. You need it? Let's do it. Okay. I'd just rather face it. Because facing the truth, and I'm going to talk about this in Becoming Whole Month. Facing, facing the truth is a very important thing. As a matter of fact, next week I will talk almost exclusively about it. But I don't know if you know it, but a lot of times when we're faced with the truth, we tend to dodge it. We dodge it. What I mean is, like, let's say, let's say I treat uh, Wes in a bad way. You know, Victor's there, and I treat Wes in a, in a way that's not becoming of a Christian in the way I should be treated. And Victor sees this, and Victor comes to me, and he's about to tell me the truth, and, 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 and he says, you know, Donald, you did not treat Wes well. That was just wrong of you to treat it. And, and my answer is, you're right. I had a really bad night last night. I felt really bad. I was a bit sick, and I didn't get enough sleep. And so my reaction... I just went, beep, beep, beep. I just dodged the truth. I made excuse after excuse and I didn't face it. We do this all the time. 
And we've got to stop doing it. A mature person faces the truth. And that is why I, many times I just try to speak directly to you because I want us to be mature. We need to face the truth. We need to be honest and open. And, and, and I believe that God will mature us when you face the truth. So if your wife is telling you something over and over again and you continue to do it, face it. Fall on your knees and say, God. Can I tell you what just went in my mind? I'll just tell you. God, I suck at this. I need to change. Sorry for the expression, but that's what came in my mind. So I appreciate my wife. She's just very long soon with me, but she loves me because it doesn't just say speak the truth. It says speak the truth in love. So we have to be careful how we say it. You know, I like what David just told me before. And he said, is it true? Is it worth saying? And is it kind? Beautiful little formula for what you should say and how you should say it. You know, I like my wife. I mean, I really appreciate my wife because, you know, sometimes I'll be talking all the time. I'll be talking and, and, (laughs) and I'll be in a crowd. I'll be in a crowd. Sometimes she actually tells me to, to be quiet. She does. Um, she just does it in a nice way. But you know, and I'll be talking and, and she'll like lean over to me and she'll say, she'll say, Donald, here, take this mint. You know, I have bad breath and she doesn't want me to have bad breath in front of people. So she gives me a mint. She's so kind. By the way, if someone gives you a mint, it could be that they're giving you a hint. Okay? But speak the truth in love. We need to be careful with the way we say things to each other. So we speak the truth, but we be very careful how we say it. Amen? So the first thing is that we must be truthful. Someone said this to me the other day. They asked me a question. They said, at IFGF and ICC IFGF, they said, uh, what are some of the weaknesses you have? And I know our weaknesses. And I, I said them right out to the person. And then, of course, they drilled me with 16 questions. And it did not feel good. It felt very uncomfortable because he was absolutely right. But the only way I'll fix them if I listen and I accept the advice he's giving me. Second thing is, it says connection. Who is the head? That is Christ. We, are, we need to be connected to the head. You need to be connected. You'll never become mature until you get connected to the king. Now, that's the first question. Now, I said this a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. The first question that you actually need to ask yourself, if you want to become mature in Christ, if you want to become mature in Christ, the first question you need to ask yourself is, is he king over your life? I mean, is he ruler? Does he reign over your life? You know, I thank God that he is good. I thank God that he is kind. I thank God that he has my best in mind. And actually, he does have my feelings in mind, but he still tells me what I'm supposed to do. And he doesn't change. You know, like when you, when you talk to a child, you know, and you tell them, I don't know, clean their room or something to do or some truth that they must do, you know, oftentimes you get... <laughs> and you say to yourself... They're a baby. They're a child. Well, God is our king. If we want to be mature, it's time we stop going and just do it. 
whether we like it or not. Let's be honest. I'm, 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 trying, I'm not trying to be mad at you. I'm just trying to be truthful to you. Right? The servant, it says, Jesus said, the servant, when he's done working in the field, does not come home and sit at the table and tell the king to serve him. But rather, he continues to serve the king even when he comes home. Without question. It's okay to ask God questions, but that we can do it and ask him at the same time. Why are you having me do this, God? I don't know why, but you said to do it, so I'm doing it. It's time that we make him king and ruler of our lives. I like this, this song. The, the words go like this. It says, if you say it's wrong, then I will say no. If you say release it, then I'll let it go. If you're in it with me, I'll begin. And when you say to jump, I'm diving in. And if you say be still, then I will wait. And if you say to trust, I will obey. It's time that we let him be king. Don't you trust him? I trust man. Woo! He doesn't deserve to trust me, but man, I trust him. He has guided me more times. He's protected me from things that I wanted to do. And he said, no, don't do it. And then later I find out it was the smartest thing he ever said. He's so kind and gentle. But he is king. And on some things he doesn't move. We've got to let him be king. If we do that, we will become mature as a people, as a group, as a body. Number, whatever it is, three, cooperation. It says, from him, Christ, the whole body joined together, held together by every supporting ligament. It takes everyone. It takes everyone to complete uh, what he's calling us to do as a community. You are not called... As an individual, you are called. Do you know the first baptism that you go through? Does anybody know the first baptism that you go through? The Bible is very clear out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first baptism, after you come to Jesus, it says, he baptizes you into the body of believers. That's the first baptism. He puts you into a family. The first thing he does is he makes you part of a family because your calling is not individual. We've made it individual. It is together. And it doesn't matter how small of a task or whatever. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But like it takes us all. And we don't have cooperation and unity until we disagree. Easy to follow when we all agree. Now, I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I actually ask God why a lot of times. I said, God, I have absolutely no idea why you would ever want me to be a pastor. I mean, sometimes, God, I'm not sure you're too smart. I've got all kinds of flaws, mistakes, problems. I mean, I am as dysfunctional as the rest of us. Yes, I included you. And there will always be a tension between leadership, vision, 
and individual vision. There will always be tension. That's okay. That's actually a good thing. Like, for example, you know, uh, let's say God says, okay, you know, let's say my head is the Lord, like in this analogy, yeah? And, and, and I tell the arm, okay, you must lift this podium, right? You must lift this podium. So that's what God's called me to do, and that's what I do. It Now, you realize how much tension in my arm right now. Do you know how much tension is in my arm? Every ligament, every, every uh, you know, muscle, fingers, everything is filled with tension when I'm trying to be called to do something in cooperation with my whole arm. And then I've got tennis elbow right now. I have tennis elbow. It's feeling pretty good this morning. Uh, you know, it's the golf that does it. But, you know, I've got tennis elbow. So when, when my mind says, lift this up, guess what's screaming? Elbow's going, don't do it. It's going to be painful. Don't do it. But if my ten, tenant, ten, tendant here refuses to do it, the arm can't pick it up. So even though my tendon is saying no, it submits to the mind and does it. Now, this is why I'm going to preach a message. I keep saying I'm going to preach it. I haven't yet, but I keep saying it, so I'm probably preaching it already. The tongue doesn't care about the stomach. All the tongue does is want to taste good. All it wants is, you know, chocolate. The tongue goes, yeah. The stomach says, no, dummy. Right? And so the tongue says, I'm going to eat it anyways. And that's why the tummy, you know, looks like it's going to have a baby. That's the problem. The tongue doesn't care. And we need to care about each other. We need to walk in cooperation together. And that's why the Bible says that the leadership needs to listen to God, and also needs to listen to people. See, this is one of the reasons why I could hear, I really could, our leadership could hear that we've pushed long enough. So I said, you know what, God, we've pushed long enough. We can't keep fundraising. We've got to wait. And we waited. And God provided. And God took care of us. And God will keep taking care of us. And sometimes the body says, to the pastors, this is where the way we should go. And pastors should listen. And sometimes pastor says, this is the way to go. And the body should listen. There will always be tension there. And that's not a bad thing. That's why the Bible says, it says both. It says, submit to your leaders. And then it says, leaders, don't lord. Don't lord over them. I don't know a word for lord over them. Don't like... Be all controlling, like a dictator. It's both. It's both. Okay? Are you waving for me? I see someone waving in the back. I just didn't know if they were just like saying amen to that or, you know, I'm trying to listen. I don't know. (laughs) You know, God doesn't give one person everything. He gives everyone something. And we, that's the, that's, the, that, that's the next thing. We, we must hold to our responsibilities as each does its part. You know, I could go in the back with Donovan and there's a, there's a cable about only this big. 
And I could cut it and take out all the power in this building in just one little small cable. Or I could just go to the, like the microphones. You know, I could, I, very simple, right? Look, I mean, this works now and I take this off. It doesn't work. Very simple. A little tiny, I could go inside that, that, that mic and I could pull out a little resistor, a little tiny thing. And it wouldn't work. That's why everyone must do their part. And I have a feeling. I do have a feeling. I guess I could say this. I'm almost careful not to say it because the smallest part plays a part. But, but I don't think that your part is just warming a chair. I don't think so. That was the amen from the, from the microphone in the back. I don't think that, that, that that's your part, just to warm a chair. I don't think that's your part. We all must do something as a group that makes the vision come alive. As, that's the only way to be mature, as each person does its part. The body is an amazing thing. The body will, will take over things that other things are supposed to do. The brain will take over places where the other parts of the brain should do it if it's not working. But that's not what it's supposed to be. When I like what, what Rachel said one time. She showed a picture of Nina when Nina was crawling. And she said, look, Nina is whole. She has arms. She has legs. She has everything. And Nina was crawling. And she said, see, the hands are not really doing what they were made to do. It, they were crawling. Hands weren't made to crawl. But because the feet can't do it yet, the body can't, the hands help. But eventually, every part of the body should be doing what it's called to do. That way it functions properly. That's what God is calling us to do. Now, I just want to tell a story. Uh, Back in America, there was this, in in our congregation, and I'll stop here. I think that's the end, yeah? Somewhere in the end. It's enough. I'm at the end. The music tells me I'm at the end. They're playing their part. They're playing their part. Pun intended. Um, there's this man. He was, he was me- me- mentally challenged, mentally handicapped. Couldn't talk. But he used to come every Sunday. He would pick up paper on the floor when he saw somebody left it. He would do his part. And, and during the worship, every now and then, he would make noises. You know, he'd go, ah! That was kind of what he would do during the worship, you know. And everybody kind of just didn't really say much, you know, because they understood. One day, we finished a song. We all sat down, and he stayed standing in the back. And he began to make noises. Ah! We realized that he was worshiping the king. Like it was, he was worshiping, you could tell he was worshiping God. He wasn't just off in somewhere. He had the understanding of what he was doing. And we let him go on because it blessed us so much. He played a part that day. Blessed many people. Even though maybe you think he couldn't do anything. Everyone, if we all gather together, if we all join together, this is why I believe 12 people changed the world. 
One person started it. He passed it down to 12. And today we set our clocks. Because those 12 men came together and said, we'll die for this cause because we know that the world needs to hear the gospel. Today we have a lot more than 12. We can change the world. I, 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 I don't think we're too small to change the world. I mean, a little while back we stopped. We stopped broadcasting, uh, and we're going to go back to broadcasting live. We stopped it because of many reasons. We got, we got, a, we got, a, we got a message from a, a, a place in Africa. It said, please don't stop those. We've been really being blessed by them. You know, they just cut us off. Uh, I'll just say it this way. A country just cut us off because we were sending messages, uh, our, our, our messages on Sundays into that country, and they cut us off. We'll find a way. Because there was a group of people that wanted to continue to hear the message from a little old island called Bali. We can change the world if we become mature, cooperate together, face the truth, Say, God is our king, and we will do nothing but what the king wants us to do. It'll be amazing. Whether it's, whether it's you know, the, well, let's say this. In Romans, I'll close with this. In Romans 12, it says, if you have this gift, then use it. If you have this gift, then use it. If you have this gift, then use it. If you have the gift of leadership, if, lead. If you have the gift of servanthood, then serve. If you have the gift of giving, then give. He just says, whatever you have, use it for the building up of the body. And Jesus will get the glory. Amen?